Hey, Paul. This is Orson Scott Card. I thought I was the book guy. Now I find out you're the book guy. What am I? Oh, I guess I'm just the author of Ender's Game. Okay. Book Guys Show is brought to you by Audible. Go to bookguys.ca slash audible and get a free book just for signing up for a free trial. This is the Book Guys Show, where once a week, every week, 9 p.m. till 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we bring you books, audiobooks, audio dramas, and podcasts. My name is Paul, the Book Guy Alves, and I am joined today by Sir Jimmy, as always. Hello, everyone. How you doing? I'm doing great. I brought a special guest to come on and talk about uh, a book tonight. I want to introduce everyone to Mr. Nobot, who is here. He is my son. Who's <laughs> chosen his own name. That's right. He is, uh, he is a specialist when it comes to the Hunger Games books. Say hey to everyone. Hello. How you doing, Nobot? Pretty good. There you go. We got a nice, uh, nice and young uh, book guy in the house. I think this is a record. I think you are now officially the youngest book guy to join us. That sounds great. Good stuff. Setting milestones every week, folks. Every week. Uh, just taking a look at the sc- show schedule here, and we have. Uh, we're going to start right off with uh, talking about uh, the second book in the Hunger Games series, which is science fiction. Now, now, Nobot, do you remember the name of the second book in the series? Well, yes, I do. Us old guys forget stuff so easily. <laughs> it's called Catching Fire. Catching Fire, yes. Um, and uh, I've listened to this one as well. Actually, uh, me, me and your, your dad uh, listened to the first one. And he got me on it. And uh, I've now, uh, over the course of the last week, finished uh, the other two in the series. And I'm now lo- one of those people looking forward to the movie. Uh, I don't know if you're looking forward to seeing the movie as well. Oh yeah, yeah. It's not, it's going to be a lot of fun. Lots of special effects, and uh, it'll be definitely something interesting. Uh, and hopefully, you're old enough to make it in the theater, or Dad's going to have to sneak you in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Catching Fire uh, continues from the end of the last book, uh, which is the first one, Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. And this one has uh, there's another another games happens, doesn't it? Yeah, the quarter quell. The quarter quell, and this one has a really cool arena. Mm-hmm. And this one is in the shape of a clock. A clock, yeah. There's twelve segments in the in the arena, and it's a rotating clock. And um, something special happened. And spoiler alert, folks. Of course, we're talking about the second book in the series. So um, obviously, if you haven't read the Hunger Games, uh, you might want to skip ahead in the podcast. Yeah, um, these are actually going to be spoilers for me. So uh, I'm in that I'm in that crowd. You're in that crowd. So we'll try not to spoil too much. Okay, Nobot. Okay. All right, but but there is another games, and um, they change the rules so that the uh, all the children are picked from previous winners. So of hmm? course uh, we end up with Katniss and and Peta end up in the arena together again. Yeah. 
with uh, Hamish helping them out on the sidelines. Like always. Like always. And I think uh, Hamish is going to be played by uh, Woody Harrelson in the movie, if I'm not... Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. believe so. Yeah, and um, uh, Lenny Kravitz is in the movie as well. It's going it's mm-hmm. to be a lot of fun. So they end up in, a, in an arena again, and... Um, what do we say? The, the it's a clock, and and as the time changes, as the sun goes up and down, different areas of the arena get all kinds of nasty stuff in them. Yeah, different segments of the arena has new abilities to elements coming at them. Yeah, and really nasty stuff. Can you remember some of the stuff? I know there was a poison, a cloud. Oh yeah, and also the the jabber jays that always say something like that they remember. Right. Right, exactly. The Jabberjays uh, that we heard about in the in the first book, uh, we actually get to really meet them a little bit more, and they uh, they're kind of cool. Yeah, it's weird how they just remember something they could kill, carry it a million miles away and just say that same message. That's right. Now, how how old is Nobot? How old are you? He's eleven. Eleven. Okay, and uh, I don't know. It's it's a young adult uh, targeted book. And uh, did you enjoy the first and second one? Yeah, they were actually pretty good. My whole class has been reading them, and we're waiting all for the movie to come out. Oh, excellent. And so you, you've uh, finished the whole series? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so so this one continues on, and uh, it, it culminates at the end of the the, the arena battle. Um, they do something. PETA and Katniss do something even worse this time. They um, really, really tick off the uh, the powers that be. Oh, yes. And the the capital, um, mm. they kind of disrespect them in in a sort of way. At the end, we were not, we shouldn't spoil everything, right? Nobody, just in case, you know. Yeah. <laughs> people want to listen to the uh, or read the book. Now, d- did you listen to or, or read the the book? I I read the beginning of it and like halfway through it, and I finished by going on a trip, listening to the rest. Oh, okay, well, that's cool. Do and do you, do you have a preference of reading or audiobook? Uh, I'd rather have an audiobook because it's easier to understand because I'm not the easiest one to figure out what's happening. Right, right. So you can follow along a little bit better? Yeah. Yeah, there's some really good audiobook readers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the, the lady who uh, who read this one did a very, very good job. And I'm just going to look up her name because I really would like to, uh, to talk about her. Now, um, did you enjoy her voice and the way she read it? Yeah, she read it like it. She read it exactly how the author said it. I would follow along with the book that I had. Yeah, it was narrated by a lady called uh, named Carolyn McCormick, and she does a fantastic job. And you know what, nobody, if if uh, our listeners go to audible uh, bookguys.ca slash audible, they can listen to it for free just for getting a trial account at Audible. Mm-hmm. You like how I slipped That's- that in, eh, Nobot? Yep, that's a good deal. <laughs> so, so yeah, so uh, something happens at the end. We're not going to spoil, but uh, it's even worse than what they did last time. So uh, this book kind of ends with... Um, treachery. Treachery, uh, yeah, and uh, almost the starting of a revolution in the districts. Yep. In Panem, the, the country. And I mm-hmm. guess that would be, the, the third book would be when we would find out what happens in this uh, uh, revolution that is now starting. And maybe he actually he's got a really neat book that uh, that he bought um, I don't know at the bookstore or Walmart or somewhere and Walmart. it's 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 all about um, what happens, what happens. Like the it's, movie yeah it's about okay. the movie it it shows pictures of 
of what Hamish is going to look like and, you know, what Lenny Kravitz looks like and what well, Senna looks like. Yeah. Yeah. I think Lenny Kravitz is going to do a great Senna. You yeah. Know? And nobody, you're probably too, too young to remember the, uh, the Jefferson's TV show, but uh, Lenny Kravitz's mom uh, was an actress. Probably, yeah. yeah. Never heard of it. Just <laughs> a little bit too young. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, Sir Jimmy, before next week, you got to play at least one episode of uh, The Jeffersons for Nobot. All right. I'll hook him up <laughs> with some YouTube love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Actually, this week, um, I found a really, really cool book. And have you heard this jingle before, Nobot? Check it out. The Think Geek Item of the Week from ThinkGeek.com. Okay, so Nobot, this is the unofficial Hunger Games cookbook. Now, it's not written by Mrs. Collins, but it's over 150 recipes inspired by the Hunger Games trilogy. So I don't know if you're a big cook, Nobot, but uh, if you were, it might be a lot of fun to make uh, Katniss's favorite lamb stew with dried plums. Remember, <laughs> remember that one? <laughs> Rue's roasted parsnips. I don't know if I want uh, greasy Rue's uh, roasted parsnips. It might taste yeah. yucky. Poor Rue. <laughs> Gail's bone picking big game soup. I don't know where you're going to find all the squirrel, at least in Toronto. You guys might have a better chance of catching some squirrel up there. Oh, yeah. Well, they're running down our fence all day long. <laughs> there you go. That's the uh, the unofficial Hunger Games cookbook. I just thought uh, there's so many little books, like the one you were saying at Walmart, uh, springing up around this whole thing. And uh, a, lot, a lot of uh, younger adults and, and, and children reading the series and really enjoying it. And it sounds like nobody, you, you give it a thumbs up. Yep. He's elbowing me right now saying, I need to get that cookbook. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Now, I hope nobody going to stick around for the whole show. Probably, yeah. Okay, well, um, I'm going to try not to swear, and I usually do. I can't promise anything. I'm just kidding. I won't swear, but there are a couple (laughs) of books here that are about, you know, stuff that might be a little bit uh, over your grade level, but, you know, it's trial by fire. It's okay. You'll yeah. hear. You'll probably uh, read some of these books sometime. So, um, I'm going to move on to another book. And uh, Noba, would you come back and talk about the third book in the series sometime? Sure. That'd be great. Um, the next book up is fiction. 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 Uh, this is one that I, I read a couple weeks ago. I've, you know what, Sir Jimmy Nobot, Some weeks I'll read. You know, especially with uh, some of the shorter audio books, and you know, just all my commute time. I'll read a bunch of books and I don't really want to talk about any of them on the show because I really don't even want to mention the names because I really don't want people to have to read it. <laughs> so, uh, but I've had a lot of luck the last couple of weeks and re- reading some great stuff and listening to them uh, between my Audible account and my audiobooks.com account, uh, you know, which is for me, you know, awesome. All you can eat, right? <laughs> as many books as you want. <clears throat> Excuse me. The coughs come out really good in this mic. Um, here, the one I, uh, read a couple weeks ago was kill Alex cross. Now I mentioned it last week and it's, uh, part of, uh, James Patterson's Alex cross series. And I have to admit, it's been a long time since I read an Alex cross book by James Patterson. And, um, I've read about six or seven of them. And I mentioned last week, I never realized that the character was black. And I guess, you know, you know, it's it just speaks to James Patterson's writing that he's not writing a stereo, you know, stereotype. You know, as many writers would do within the first three sentences, you know, the person's black because they've used some kind of racist, you know, you know thing. I'm not going to even mention some of the things I've I've read 
writers. It's not like he's typing it in all, all the lines in boldface print or anything. I mean, how, how else you right. how else would you expect it to know? There's a, just his style is just even and right. right. And, and and it was a, a scene early on in the book where uh, Alex is uh, with his grandma uh, at her local church, and um, I just as I was reading, I was going, that sounds a lot more like like a. Uh, like a black church, like, I mean, there's you know there's so much singing and it's just some of, some of a uh, little bit of the way they were speaking and and uh, that's when I googled it and yeah Morgan Friedman played him in a in a movie so that's when I figured it out so uh, well written um, so the book starts off the president's uh, little boy and girl have been kidnapped and uh, the kidnapper sends a note that uh, basically says there's no res- no ransom is requested and the children are basically going to die you see you see there nobody that's why I was saying you know. Maybe some of the stuff not stuff you should be reading. But uh, at the same time, uh, as that's happening, it gets worse. Uh, people start getting sick and uh, filling up all the hospitals in Washington. And uh, they find out it's only happening in one of the water districts in, in Washington. And, and the agents find that the water supply has been tampered with. So uh, early on in the novel, it becomes um, apparent that uh, Washington is definitely under attack and America is under attack. So, of course, um, Alex Cross, uh, as he always gets into trouble, uh, he's on the case, uh, doing his best to find the kids. And uh, also, uh, you know, he, he we gets himself into the terrorist investigation as well. And um, I'm not going to spoil whether or not those two events are connected, but, uh, you know, you'll have to read the book to find that out. Um, early on, his, his grandma, his nana, is, is mugged for a purse, right? And when his wife captures the purse snatcher, now remember Alex Cross's wife is uh, also an agent, um, they find uh, that the purse snatcher is a little girl named Ava, uh, who the family takes in, and uh, it looks to me like Ava's going to become uh, the new adopted child of the Crosses, and uh, she'll be figuring in future novels. And uh, uh, let me just round this off by saying that the, the novel is called Kill Alex Cross, so um, I'm not going to spoil whether or not there will be future novels because there may not be. Because, of course, someone is at some point in the book trying to kill Alex Cross. Um, this one is, uh, you know, very important when you listen to an audiobook that the, the reader, uh, like you said, uh, Nobot, like the reader uh, gets through what the, re- uh, what the writer was trying to convey. And Andre Brower. Uh, does a bunch of different voices, and uh, I believe he, he's teamed up with someone else who also does some of the voices. Uh, production value is great. And you know what's really cool, Nobot? They add some music, right, and sound effects to this one. So it's almost like an audio drama. Like when, when uh, you know, when the, terror, when, the, when the agents are coming in the room and throwing in the flashbangs, you know, you get this, like, cool music comes on just before, and as he's telling the story, then you hear the flashbangs go off, boom, boom, uh, you know, gunshots, you can hear them. So it really gets you into the story without um, changing any any of the words that the, the author wrote. Just I really so- like the idea of that. It's like, it's like it, your mind is still creating most of it, but it's just sort of right. setting a mood and, and helping draw you into it a little bit more. Yeah, and, and it's timed so well that just as I'm, I'm picturing in my mind the flashbang going off, it goes off and it kind of like, whoa. <laughs> But it doesn't take you out of the story. Um, it's really well done, kind of like the the Captain Kirk one I read uh, last week, uh, where the the audio effects um, don't take you out of the story. They, in fact, they wrap you up in the story even better. 
Were you expecting that, or was that just a surprise? Oh, that was a surprise. Uh, it's it starts off, you know, the you know they usually have that music at the beginning. You know, Hachette Audio presents Kill yeah. Alex Cross, and then you know the music fades out. Yeah, it was a surprise in the middle of the book. Uh, you had a, b- a bunch of these things going off. It was uh, it was great. Also, well, not until the middle of the book. Yeah, no, it, it wasn't like throughout. It wasn't like there was sound effects all the time. It wasn't corny like that. It was just at certain points, just as. You know, the action's about to hit the top of the hill, you know, the crescendo, you know, the agents are bursting in the room, like I, I mentioned, you know, that's when the music, you know, you get that mood music, uh, you get a couple gunshots and stuff. Very well done. Um, a little bit of audio effect as well, because uh, the kidnapper, <clears throat> excuse me, the kidnapper, when he's speaking, um, he's speaking into a tape recorder. So they make it sound like you're listening to the tape. It's kind of cool. They did a lot. Whatever they did with the audio production, very well done. Um, this one I'm going to highly recommend. If you uh, if you do audiobooks at all, uh, I'd, I'd recommend listening to Kill Alex Cross, um, whether you go to Audible or audiobooks.com. But uh, listen to the audiobook. If, if you do audiobooks at all, uh, I would take that over the hardcover. And uh, I actually, I flipped back and forth with this one because I had the hardcover. Um, and just because uh, on the audiobooks.com, it wasn't going to cost me any extra to you know, listen to the book, the audio book. When I, when I was commuting, uh, kind of like Nobot, the way you were reading the Catching Fire, you know, when I, when I'm on the subway on the way to the airport, which is where I work, uh, no, not in the airport. I'm not a TSA agent. TSA. But, I knew it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was commuting to, to, to work every day and, uh, you know, I, I forget my hardcover. So I just started streaming it on, on my iPhone and, uh, yeah, really recommend half hour into listening to the audio book. I decided to just, you know, uh, put the dust co- cover back on the hard cover and put it on the shelf. And I, I listened to, it. I really enjoyed it. Highly re- kill Alex cross audiobook version. I got, you know, I don't know if it exists, but does uh, audible have an app or does anyone have an app where you can, let's say you be listening to an audio in your car, you flip on your iPhone where it would pick up at the same spot where you left off and then go over to up so that you were, weren't having to remember what minute you were and fast forward and try to find. I, f- I think, um, well, audiobooks.com, which doesn't really use apps, it's all web-based, does that. So you can resume on any device you pick up. Uh, Audible do- does have an app for your iPhone, but I don't, I'm not sure if the bookmarks currently uh, transfer from app to app. They might. We'll have to look into that. Um, I do know that uh, books on iTunes uh, and in the Kindle apps do sync across devices as far as the written word. And uh, yeah, we'll look into that. I believe the Audible app does, but I only I only have my Audible app on my iPhone, so uh, I would have no no experience with it. But yeah, that's definitely the way to go. And you know what else we do, Nobot, over here on the show? We what? also do podcasts. We do books, audiobooks, audio dramas, and podcasts. And uh, I'm going to talk about uh, one of my favorite guilty pleasures is listening to Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged. <laughs> Do you listen at all, Sir Jimmy? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I I listen to that every week. It's it's weird to hear them. Uh, I mean, it's weird to hear John. You know, it's not like he's out of his element, but he certainly is when you compare, I guess, his knowledge to uh, to that of his cohort because he's he's wedged into it. You can just imagine him sitting in front of a computer screen like uh, the guy in um, Swordfish. Right. Tapping out with all the crazy <laughs> software and stuff, and trading every every few seconds like lightning. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely interesting, and they're definitely smart, and they they're in tune with things. You, 
they say not to invest in in the stuff that they talk about, but it's probably you know, a good if you, idea. <laughs> if you if you had shorted uh, Netflix with John back uh, back when he first started that, you you could have probably that was a stock pick of the year right there. Yeah, so so it's a free form conversation, kind of like he has with uh, Adam Curry with, without the jingles. Uh, but they they talk about uh, you know the the world around us and how it's going to affect the the markets, and uh, John of course being a call well tech columnist and uh, Mr Horowitz being a I believe he's a market analyst I could be wrong, but uh, they they have a great conversation yeah I have a little clip here and we'll we'll come back and talk a little bit about it uh, this is a clip from uh, from a recent episode. Hello and welcome to Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged, an hour-long discussion of activity in the financial markets around the world featuring columnist John C. Dvorak and money manager Andrew Horowitz. This conversation is casual and unrehearsed. Let's join John and Andrew now. I'm John C. Dvorak. I'm Andrew Horowitz. And here we are on Valentine's Day 2012 to celebrate all the goings on around the uh, country because of uh, um, shipped uh, flowers. Yeah, and I got to tell you something. There is no other person that I'd rather spend my Valentine's Day with <laughs> than you. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> I can think of a few. I had a nice dinner with my wife and some friends. And uh, what did you do? Anything exciting? No. Okay, good. And uh, did you get chocolates? Did you buy? I bought chocolates. For my, my, I just buy stuff for my daughter, and that's that. That's as far as it, we go. Yeah, every day is Valentine's Day in my house, so I tell my wife. That's way I can get. <laughs> I'm off the hook. Hey, every day is Valentine's Day. What do you have but for me? Right, exactly. Today's not special. Well, the the world did get some special Valentine's gift. We got Apple again, moving higher for the. I don't even know how many days now, but uh, it's been moving higher ever so steady. And it's after the last earnings report that was wonderful, and now the iPad 3 that's coming out, and the possible Apple TV. The stock is at 509, and after hours approached 511. Yeah. And it could be 600 by the time the iPad 3 comes out. Yeah, or next podcast, either one, whatever comes first. Yeah, well. Because of 30% since Steve died. Yeah. Yeah, what does that tell you? $100 billion in the bank and an incredible distance now from the number one and number two stock from ExxonMobil. Apple is just unquestionably the number one, the biggest, the baddest. It's the, the biggest best. corporation in the world insofar as market cap is concerned, right? Yeah, it is. Amazing, right? It's kind of amazing. Could yeah. you consider, you know, uh, Burlington Northern with, you know, enough tracks to go to the moon and back and all these 40,000 workers and moving stuff and being part of the infrastructure? They're not, they're worth like, what, would, what did Buffett price them at? Like 25, 35 yep. billion? Yep. And Apple's worth what? Uh, what is Apple worth now? Uh, upwards of what, 400 billion? So you could buy 10 railroad, <laughs> entire railroad systems. Uh, I just gotta say right away, folks, don't buy ten railroad systems. <laughs> That's funny because man, they, they talk about Apple when they're hitting five hundred. I was buying into Apple when it was uh, sitting at about sixty, sixty-five dollars back in two thousand seven. About the time the iPhone came out, when the iPods were really hot and the the first iPod video came out, I really started considering buying Apple stock, and and I started buying in about sixty-five. And was buying it up until it was like ninety, and my yeah. goal was to get up to a hundred shares 
And then 2008 came and the whole world was crashing. And I thought, oh, goodness, you know, who, who's going to want an iPod when you know, people's going to be lined up in the bread lines and selling apples on a street corner instead of Apple computers and right. sold it all and now watch it at 500 bucks. You know, if I'd had that hundred shares, I'd, I'd be sitting on 50 large. I, I did worse. I, I, I put a little bit of money into Apple stock, uh, I think around the 30, $40 mark. Um, as soon as I had enough to buy a top of the line MacBook pro, I pulled it all out oh. <laughs> and basically handed them the money back for the computer. Actually, it's a computer sitting right in front of me. I'm sure um, you're not the first to do that. Yeah, I should have. I should have hung on to it for 500. Hey, we've uh, got a little plug for uh, for the No Agenda guys, and here it is. Divorac dot org slash na. Very well done. <laughs> you know, Dvorak was on the CBC today, and uh, in, his, in, in his element there as a tech journalist, but uh, he still got in a little bit of you know conspiracy there because he he had a good point that uh, you know the whole uh, Apple being sued. Uh, about this iPad trademark in China is revenge for, you know, the, all the stories coming out about the treatment of the workers and their plants. That makes so much sense. You know, and this is the kind of thing he talks about on Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged. Uh, they don't just say, buy this, buy that, don't buy this, short this. Uh, they'll, uh, you know, Dvorak has a lot of the technology insight. And, uh, yeah, a lot of times, uh, you know, listening to them uh, might uh, do your wallet some good. And that's Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged. <clears throat> uh, now this week, gentlemen, I have a couple of interviews. Uh, one I did at the library show, uh, the Ontario Library Association show, uh, a couple weeks ago. Oh, that's uh, the one where you come down with that horrible crud from shaking a thousand hands, wasn't it? Yeah, I got really sick. I did shake about a thousand hands, but uh, you know, I didn't do enough uh, uh, hand sanitizer in between. Uh, yeah, and uh, I met up with... Uh, Got, and I bought their uh, graphic novels. Great. Uh, Willow Dawson, who wrote uh, Hyena in Petticoats, the story of suffragette Nellie McClung. Uh, very cool. Uh, famous Canadian. Uh, another graphic novel and another gentleman I met was uh, John Lang, who wrote and, uh, and illustrated, much like um, Willow did, uh, the book. Uh, Lone Hawk, the story of air ace Billy Bishop, a uh, very famous uh, World War I flying ace. and uh, decorated was Canadian? Yeah, dec uh, decorated war hero, World War One, Billy Bishop. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to put a couple of pictures of the artwork up on the site, and uh, yeah, and have an interview with the two of them um, separately. A little short interviews I did. Uh, also spoke this week with uh, Kumanzi Constable, good friend of the podcast. Uh, he's always on the Twitter chatting books with us, uh, and he wrote a book called Tales of the Everyday Working Man. And uh, those interviews are coming up next because uh, we're about halfway there. For the hearing impaired, episodes of this show are available in text format at bookguys.ca slash transcripts. Transcription of this show is sponsored in part by protranscripts.com. Hey, folks, if you enjoy the show, why not buy us a beer or a coffee? Seriously. Go to bookguys.ca slash donate. Hey, this is Jeff Smith, the guy who does all the jingles from thejeffsmith.com, and you're listening to Paul the Book Guy. Book Guys! And uh, now we're speaking with John Lang, the author of Lone Hawk, the story of air ace Billy Bishop, a graphic novel. How are you doing? Not too bad. Uh, question first, are you also the artist? 
Yes, I am. I wrote and illustrated the book. Yeah. Wrote and illustrated. Now tell us a little bit about the story of uh, Billy Bishop. Um, well, it's uh, it's the biography of the Canadian fighter pilot from the First World War. Um, it covers not his entire life, but an area um, where he's sort of most famous for early on in the war. Um, starting out when he was a kid a little bit and touching on that and then moving on to him being on the front lines in, uh, you know, flying flying biplanes against the Germans right. uh, on, uh, in France, yeah. Brilliant. And uh, <laughs> what inspired you to write the story of uh, Billy Bishop? Um, well, I mean, I was I knew a little bit about him before, um, and it was, it was along the lines of... Uh, Penguin was interested in doing this series of graphic novels uh, for for kids, whatever young adult graphic novels based on famous Canadians. So um, I was like, who's a who's a Canadian who I think would be a really great yeah. person to do a story it's on? Make and for some great visuals. Yeah, well, it was the, yeah, that was the thing where it's like, I mean, I like war stories, whatever too, but it sounded like something would be cool to write as well as draw. So right. I thought it, it would it would make for a pretty cool story that way. Yeah, no, this this Penguin series of graphic novels seems like something I would have enjoyed as a child. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, we always had boring texts, and you know, you had the odd, uh, you know, every 50 pages you'd have this black and white picture from you know 1935 or you yeah, know, for sure, with a, with a guy standing really straight because that's the only way that they could take pictures back then, right? So I can see that the graphic novel probably be the ideal format for teaching some history. Well, yeah, it's cool because it's it's enjoyable as a story, but you're still also teaching about these people, right? And and I think especially young people are so much as visual that you right. know you know plus comics are cool. So right. Um, but I think it's just a genuine. It's it's a great way to engage with the story and a good way to tell yeah, it. Yeah, it, it sounds like people are engaged because I was trying to get a copy and apparently you're sold out. Yeah, I think. This yeah, I'm good. not sure if they're getting more in, but they're all saying, you know, this is exactly what we're looking for. It's we're trying to teach kids this this stuff, and really? you know, I it's easy. You just put it in their hands, and they love. They love replace reading all comics the, text, whatever, the history so. textbooks with uh, <laughs> with graphic novels. Yeah, well, you can sign me up. <laughs> I do go. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> folks, that's John Lang, the author of Lone Hawk: The Story of Air Ace Billy Bishop. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Thanks. And we are speaking with Willow Dawson, the author of Hyena and Petticoats. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Uh, tell us a little bit about the book. Uh, Hyena and Petticoats is a graphic novel biography of the suffragette Nellie McClung. She was a Canadian suffragette, and she was uh, very instrumental in getting women the vote in Canada, and also with her friends, they called themselves the Famous Five, there were five women, um, with the support of William Lyon Mackenzie uh, King, uh, they got women considered persons under the act. So not only did we get the vote, but then we became actually became people, yes. which is kind of cool. It's kind of important. <laughs> Yeah, I would think. Yeah, very important. Very now, important. Now, uh, are, are you the artist as well? Or, or? Yep. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I wrote and illustrated it. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll, we'll post some pictures on the website. Awesome. And uh, what what inspired you to to write the book? Um, she's just an incredible uh, force, uh, an incredible person, and uh, I think it's a story that really needs to be told for both girls and boys. I personally, maybe this is more what drew me to, has drawn me to graphic novels, but um, I've always been an artist all my life, and as a kid in school, elementary and high school, I really didn't connect very much with um, any of the history classes, um, and and had a really hard time in the English classes as well. Uh, reading and writing has always been hard for me. 
Um, and so I think that if I'd had graphic novels then, it would have changed things entirely for me. But uh, there weren't very many at the time, and there certainly weren't graphic novels about historical Certainly, and, and not people. about serious topics. Always no, I know. in tights. Yeah, which is awesome. It's totally awesome. At the time, it didn't totally connect with me. Right. Now, I, those stories yeah, are awesome, but at the time... Anyway, for, for people to connect with history, I mean... Yeah. Uh, you know, even uh, younger children or, or teenagers, yeah. a great way for them to learn. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't wait to take a look at the art because we, oh. we don't have a copy. <laughs> I know, I know. I didn't bring a book to show you. I'm sorry about that. That's all right. We'll take a look. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, great yeah. idea. And we will post some pictures on the website. Awesome. Very nice speaking with you. You too. Appreciate Thanks for having it. me. Cheers. Command C. Constable is the author of Tales of the Everyday Working Man and Woman, which is available now on Amazon.com, and he joins us now. Hello, Command Z. Hey, Paul. How's it going? It's an honor to talk to you. Uh, it's an honor to speak with you, my friend. Uh, I know we've been conversing on Twitter, and you've joined the, the, our conversation there, and uh, it's nice to talk to you in person. Yeah, I really like what you guys are doing to build uh, Paul the Book Guy brand, and you got to nice active following and I'm, I'm a member of that following. It's a, uh, it's pretty encouraging to see what you guys are doing. You know, it, it, it's encouraging to see a lot of men reading. Uh, you know, that a lot of people say that men don't read enough and, uh, I'm finding that's not true. A lot of them are, they're, they're reading in the closet. They just don't tell their friends about it. <laughs> exactly. I think, uh, reading is kind of becoming a lost art. And I know, uh, now with the internet and video games and TV, just there's not an emphasis on books, and I know I uh, personally follow a guy named Dan Miller, and he is an active reader. He reads one book a week, and just because of what he talks about last year, I was actually myself able to read 47 books. Wow. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so t- tell us a bit about your, your, your book, Tales. Is this your first book, Tales of the Everyday Working Man and Woman? It is the first book, and my second book will be out March 2nd. But um, Tales of the Everyday Working Man and Woman was kind of my, um, it kind of refutes a lot of the, the myths and um, things that we believe about work. And, you know, most people think that if they got a good paying job, quote unquote, good paying job, that they can be happy. And, you know, I've had very good paying jobs and yet been miserable. And the book, the premise of the book is it's, you know, 40 hours of your week, some more for more for some people, it's even more than that you spend at work. And that's a a good chunk of your time. And if you're there and you're miserable, it really will affect every other area of your life. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people do say, you know, if you find something that you love to do and make that your work, then uh, you really have a blessed life. And, you know, uh, the podcasting doesn't pay the bills, but I'm trying here. (laughs) Exactly. But it's something that you, you know, you enjoy and you're building upon. And that's that's what the book is about. You know, um, you can have both. You can chase your dreams and you can do what you love. You know, it might not be an overnight process, but if you formulate a step-by-step plan and you implement that plan, you you know, you can get to your dreams. Now, I noticed right in the introduction, it's a, it's a short book. I mean, we're looking at, what, 60 pages? 60 pages, yes. Okay. And uh, But right in your introduction, you say that uh, with a lot of self-help books, uh, they get you pumped up for the first, you know, uh, three days after you read it, you know, and then you kind of forget all about it. <laughs> and uh, you say that this this is a little different. It kind of stays with you. Exactly. And, you know, I, I the kind of tagline that I use to people is it's a book about the average worker from an average worker. 
and a lot of self-help books I read, I wonder, do these guys, you know, know what it's like to live paycheck to paycheck? Do these guys know what it's like not even to have enough money for paycheck to paycheck to right. be struggling to pay your bills and still be miserable at the same time at your job, but you yeah. got no choice? Yeah, like you get books like from people like Donald Trump and, uh, you know, I don't think he knows the, you know, being at the grocery store and, uh, you know, trying to decide what items to bring home because he can't afford all of them, <laughs> you know. Exactly, exactly. And so that's that's what the book is about. It's just, you know, it's a average worker just kind of crying out and saying, hey, let's, um, let's examine what we're doing for work. Is this what we really want to do and how is this affecting every other area of our life? I notice your book is also part of the Amazon Prime program. So if uh, all our Prime subscribers, they can uh, basically read it for free with their Prime account. Exactly. That's brilliant. Um, and you said you have a new book coming out March 2nd. I didn't know about that. Tell us a bit. Can, yeah. can you tell us a bit about it? Yeah. Um, actually, next week, and kind of like a prequel to the book, I'll be releasing a manifesto. And the manifesto is just kind of like my declaration to the world of why I wrote the second book. And the manifesto is called, I'm not changing my life for you, I'm doing it for me. And that will be free on Amazon, and it will be free on my website. Oh. And that hopefully will get people pumped. And the new book is called, The Difference Between Living and Existing, A Nine-Month Plan to Radically Change Your Life. Brilliant. And uh, what's your website? Where can people go to uh, take a look at all this great stuff? People can find me at talesofwork.com. That is my primary website. That is the website that deals with everything work-related, you know, um, just also some practical tips to get through, you know, struggles at work, like uh, some of my top posts are how to quit your job without ruining your life, you know, and uh, one soda a day keeps your savings away. Just some practical tips there. And also um, kind of started based off of the new book is a website. Our family's website is excitingfamilyjourney.com. Brilliant. Yeah, that's one thing, uh, you know, uh, especially in, in these economic times, uh, you know, quitting quitting your job is not really an option for most people, or at least they think it's not an option. Uh, just the the fear, the fact that you have, a, like you said, a good paying job uh, kind of holds most people where they are indefinitely. And I, I just think, Paul, with um, our internet age and our TV age, we see so many stories about the economy and the recession and this and that, and yeah, it's, it's scary out there, but it's not as bad as they make it seem. I mean, people are getting jobs every day. You know, you just you can't assume that you won't get the job and you don't give up and you don't try. There what? are good jobs out there. You just got to be willing to go for them, and you got to show a company why they would want to hire you, what you can do for that company. So, sounds like there you have some great advice in in both these books. And uh, hey, Kamanzi, uh, I'd love to see you come back on for you know when your when your second book comes out. I would love to, Paul. I would love to. And Paul, I kind of, because um, I like the show so much, I like what you guys are doing. I have something a little bit special for your readers, your listeners. Um, if you go to my website, talesofwork.com, and if you decide to buy the book directly from the website, when you're checking out, enter the coupon code FRIEND, and you will get half off of the book. You'll get the book for half price. That's just for the listeners of uh, Paul the Book Guys podcast. Oh, that's brilliant. Thank you so much. I'm sure our listeners will appreciate that. And can you, can you give them the address again, just repetition. You know, people might remember it. Yep, you can find that at talesofwork.com. Hit buy the ebook button, go 
go scroll down to the bottom. It'll it will say buy PDF PDF direct download from the site. You click on that, enter the coupon code friend, and you will get the book half price. And that is because I feel like Paul and I are kind of becoming friends with all the interactions that we've had. Yeah, it's fun. And then, folks, if you haven't joined us uh, online yet, uh, you can uh, Twitter us. Uh, we're uh, Paul the Book Guy, Book Guys, uh, Chris the Book Guy, Greg the Book Guy, uh, Jim the Book Guy, and uh, Free Hollow Books. Uh, you can connect with us there. And we really are talking about books all week long, not just for an hour a week. We we do it pretty much uh, 24-7 and uh, meet great people like author Kamanzi Constable, who's with us right now. And uh, thank you so much for joining us, Kamanzi. And maybe we'll, you'll, we'll have you on for a full episode sometime. You can chat uh, books with us. Oh, I would love to do that, Paul. I would love it. That's great. You know what? Uh, yeah, stick around, Kamanzi, and we'll we'll talk about that, and we'll arrange for a future episode. Have you come on and uh, talk about some books you've been reading? All right, and yeah, you guys, if this is your first podcast, first time listening to Paul the Book Guy, make sure you download every episode. Make sure you listen to it live if you can. It is an awesome, awesome podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you, Paul. Book guys, and we're back. That was Kamanzi Constable cool guy so how is sir jimmy i gotta say that's a pretty cool deal half off the book yes well not half off like you do half off like he's not carving out the, the half from the middle <laughs> that's 90 percent <laughs> off we're uh, making deals so uh i hear that nobot uh, has vacated the premises yep he's like he wrote down <laughs> he gone <laughs> all right yeah, uh well, then I'll take this opportunity to tell you the, the book I'm reading now. Yeah, we can go blue. All right. It's not really blue, but it, it has this connotation. Um, I'm reading, and I'm really enjoying that. It's actual, if you can hear it, actual paper. Um, yeah, there's no audiobook yet, I don't think. <laughs> uh, it is The Sugar Frosted Nutsack by Mark Lehner. <laughs> so... It's, it's basically, I, I, I'm, I'm going to talk about it next week when I'm done the book, but uh, it starts off, uh, you learn about the gods returning from uh, basically a, quote, spring break where they, quote, went gone wild <laughs> and, uh, you know, they create the universe and you learn about all the L's. Uh, now, not L in the biblical sense, not as in Elohim, as in it's more like uh, you have like, you know, El Chupacabra and El, El Gordo and... All the gods, there's always a god of something, kind of like the you know Greek-Roman myths. Um, and apparently there is the, a god of the nutsack. But uh, the sugar-frosted nutsack is the tale of, uh, of a gentleman. Uh, I believe it's um, Ike Carton? Yes, Ike Carton, the unemployed butcher from New Jersey, uh, who is the obsession of the gods. And uh, it's written as if it's the scripture of all these gods. So needless to say, it's, it's funny. Uh, it's a comedy, and uh, uh, I, I would have to say that I'm about a third of the way in, and right away I already know it's. Uh, I'm gonna somewhere in my review that I'm gonna write. It's gonna say um, it's like Douglas Adams swallowed a thesaurus. I mean, this guy just the words that are in here, just his language. Uh, it's brilliant. It's like uh, uh, it's more like poetry than anything else, and uh, with the odd. Uh, uh, you you will learn. Uh, I've had to consult the uh, Book of Knowledge at least three times in these uh, pages here. A couple of words, like I said, Douglas Adams uh, swallows a thesaurus. But uh, I'll bring that to the table next week. Ah, there's nothing wrong with learning a few new words on the way. Oh no, no, love it, love it, and and just this is a funny, funny story. I mean, and like I said, it's written as if it's scripture. And uh, <laughs> one of the things about it is 
Uh, every time someone tells a story, their telling of the story has to be incorporated in, in the uh, scripture. Uh, we will get to it next week. For sugar sure. frosted nutsack. The They're frosted great. Nutsack. They're great. <laughs> book news. Let's get some book news out of the way, my friend. We're missing Greg today. You know, he's usually got all the, the book news lined up, but uh, I'll do my best here. I've got a couple stories. Uh, first one being that uh, Kindle Singles, I don't know if you heard about this, Jimmy, it came out about a year ago. Uh, Kindle Singles is uh, basically a low price, like $0.99, cent, uh, long format articles of like five to 30,000 words. And uh, apparently it's doing really, really well. And a lot of journalists um, are finding that uh, they're selling their 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 stories on here uh, like where you know now nowadays in the news uh newspapers just don't want long-winded articles anymore because people don't have the attention span or you know maybe too much of the news is cut out that <laughs> they can't do a, you know like they used to in the new york times and whatnot like a you know five-part series whatever but uh, apparently a lot of success with the uh, with the king uh, kindle uh singles uh up next iBooks author, um, some artists have found a new use for the iBooks author uh, software. So rather than uh, converting books and, and plugging the book text into iBooks author and you know adding videos and whatnot, uh, a lot of graphic uh, novel publishers are turning to it to make uh, interactive uh, graphic novels. And uh, we're going to take a look at one or two of those. Uh, I've got them up in the queue. They're at the top of Book Mountain. Uh, and I'll be bringing that to the show soon, too. We'll talk about some of the ones that uh, have been coming out of this. I know you've been having some fun with that software. It's, there's some pretty interesting things that can be done with it from what I've seen so far. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I've, uh, I'm getting a little bit more. Like I've been, I think the version I sent to you was kind of a basic sort of like first day using it. And now I'm finding that, whoa, I can do this, too. And, you know, I can change this and change that. And so I'll be sending you an update on that as well. And that's all without a books for dummies thing. You're just sort of yeah, hammering just, through it and finding yeah. things. Like a lot of Apple software, you, you sort of, uh, when you first look at it, you figure out how to use it. But once you start getting into the nitty gritty of it, you find those little extra features. So the, 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 the software, all the stuff is there. Just the more advanced stuff is kind of hidden in submenus and whatnot. And, and they kind of keep it out of your way until you've mastered the main you know, functionality. So now that I've mastered the main functionality, I'm finding all the little switches and stuff that I can, you know, really get into the nitty gritty and uh, add a lot of interaction. Uh, I've also got here another story: uh, Canadian ebook sales uh, apparently are doing really, really well. Uh, recent survey: ten uh, percent of all books sold in English Canada are ebooks, uh, which is pretty high. I mean, that's uh, it's climbing. Uh, but the real surprise here and why I'm, I'm making this book news is that sales of physical books in English Canada, that's Can all of Canada other than Quebec, um, are holding steady despite the growth in ebook sales. So hmm. it's not that, you know, uh, physical books went down to 90, you know, it's, it's the growth is above and beyond the physical books. I mean, and I always thought that the, the physical, like the, the ebook would replace the physical book slowly, you know, kind of like MP3s uh, have, have done slowly to CDs, but apparently it's not the case. Who knew? And we have books on film and television. One more quickie here. 
41 days until Game of Thrones Season 2 on HBO. <laughs> <laughs> I see, I've been without HBO for so long that uh, I missed the last season of The Sopranos. So all this new cool stuff that's been out, I, I've missed it. I've missed uh, Weeds. You, I've missed Six Feet Under. Yeah, so. Game of Thrones is a must, my friend. Even if you got to buy the DVD set or wait for it to come out on Netflix in 2060, whatever. <laughs> I mean, uh, the, the, we have a first episode title for the new season. Uh, it's been uh, spoiled on the HBO website. And uh, episode one is entitled The North Remembers. Oh, yeah. Is this got uh, is there a guy in it named uh, Hodor or Hodor? <laughs> Hodor, yes. And that's, and that's all he says because <laughs> I listened to uh, the uh, Sword and Laser podcast with Veronica Belmont and Tom Merritt, and they're big time into it. And oh, yes. she, actually, she actually met that guy where they had him on the show, the guy who played Oh, Hodor. no way. <laughs> that's yeah, awesome. That was probably six months ago. And it was like, what's it like studying your lines? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder if they just gave him his lines on a business card. <laughs> well, Mr. Mr. Sir Jimmy, let's uh, let's do some listener feedback as we didn't do it last week, and uh, we can uh, check through some of our tweets. Do we have somebody besides Zach Man? Oh, we do, we do. We have Ant Anderson. Uh, this is gonna be hard because you know, I, I, and do you say the at symbol when you talk about Twitter uh, accounts? I do. Okay, so that's at Ant Anderson. Uh, he says, check out. This traveling, trawling, and the utterly appalling on Amazon. All right, we'll check that out. Uh, Marie Ward Russell says, ha ha ha, I'll have to listen to. Just took in one of the podcasts, love it, uh, especially the Batman-esque music. I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. Sounds nothing like Batman. No, no, no. <laughs> My lawyer. It may, it may be slightly <laughs> derivative, but. Uh, My lawyer's poking know. me in the shoulder blades right now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Ty Fitzgerald, who's always uh, involved in our conversation online, uh, he says uh, he just finished The Pleasure of Finding Things Out, lectures by Richard Feynman, and discussing, which discusses science and life. He says it's a great audiobook. So there you go. We'll put that one on our uh, to-check-out list. And he's uh, Ty underscore Fitzgerald on Twitter. And we have R. Galliano, who is... R-G-A-L-E-A-N-O-V on Twitter. He says, congrats. Very interesting and fresh. I enjoy the podcast very much. Randy Atwood uh, says, hope you give my offerings a gander. Uh, and he says, spill is a political comedy. And he puts a link up to his Amazon link. Uh, he is at ATT Wood Randy. Check out his stuff on the Twitter. We have uh, J.H. Trumbull. Now, I, I, sometimes I tweet out the Think Geek item of the week, like uh, today's, you know, the Hunger Games cookbook. Uh, you can get mm-hmm. those at bookguys.ca slash thinkgeek. We have sometimes special offers there. And uh, I tweet them out once in a while. It, it kind of automatically tweets out from the website uh, various items. And J.H. Uh, Trumbull on Twitter says, Bacon lollipops? I think my editor would love you. <laughs> so there you go. And uh, K underscore... E-I-N-S-E-L, K-Einzel, so it's Karen. Karen says she is a big fan of uh, Stephen King, but recently read Near Death by Richard C. Hale and says that's a great book. So well, we'll, check, we'll check that out as well. I'm always putting, uh, folks, I do write these things down, and uh, you know, but Book Mountain, Sir Jimmy, I don't know about your Book Mountain, but mine's pretty big. So it's tough to climb sometimes. Um, and do you know who Michael Ian Black is? I do not. Uh, he does a podcast with um, Tom Cavanaugh. I think I, we spoke about it before. Is uh, Mike and Tom eat snacks? Oh, right, right, right. Yes. 
that guy, he's, I mean, he's like on, I love the eighties and he's been, you know, a few movies. And I think he's doing Taco Bell commercials right now, but he's, he's funny as can be. He's actually got a book coming out. It's called, uh, you're not doing it right. Tales of marriage, sex, death, and other humiliations. <laughs> okay. That sounds great. Maybe we could t- talk to him on the podcast. I'd love to. I'm going to, I'm going to pick up the book and I, I sent him a tweet. He was Everybody who pre-ordered the book and tweeted it to him, he was retweeting, and he's he's got nearly two million Twitter followers. So, oh, fantastic! I remember you talking about his podcast, and uh, does he still do the, the the podcast? Oh yeah, they do absolutely. I will right, we'll have to check that out. Uh, maybe we'll talk about it on the next show. We'll play mates matescast dot com m a t e s like they call themselves the mates because it's Mike and Tom eat snacks mates. Matescast.com. Writing it down now, folks. Grab your, grab your marker. Uh, you know, I've got the Starship Enterprise in front of me, and uh, yet I'm still writing that down with a Sharpie. Go figure. Yeah, it's technology. You know, like I, I love me a paper book, but uh, you know, it's the audio book is more convenient. That kind of thing. I know you, Sir Jimmy. You prefer audio book. I do prefer audio book because I spend a lot of time, you know, driving with my job type job, so it, it works out. Yeah, it, it beats listening to the you know the the morning show guy talking about Whitney Houston for two hours. Oh yeah, I, I don't listen. <laughs> I probably haven't listened to thirty minutes of of actual radio in the last two years. I think that's that's kind of why I, I I enjoy podcasts and I, and you know we made po- podcasts part of the show uh, and bringing new podcasts to people is because you know I get to pick my niche interests, things that I really like, and I can listen to it for an hour or half an hour. Uh, I typically enjoy the you know the hour long podcasts. They fill up the whole commute, and I don't have to listen to you know commercials every five minutes. Yeah, like uh, commercials, advertising, call it whatever you want. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Bef- before before the iPod came out, you know, I was forced to listen to NPR just so you could hear people talking instead of you know commercials, and then radio and switching the station trying to find something that you want to hear. But uh, thank goodness for the iPod because. I do not miss NPR. It really has opened up a, a world of on-demand uh, podcasts. And you know, anyone I talk to who, who discovers podcasts for the first time uh, just really thanks me later and says, "Thank you." Now, you know, whether you, you know your your interest is knitting, crochet, you know, <laughs> yeah, you can find something. Yeah, you can you can find someone uh, you know or a group of people who can talk about the topic intelligently for an hour every week, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it amazes me the people that I, that I still meet that you mention a podcast, you know, I say, I do a couple of podcasts and they said, what's a podcast? You know, Hey, what's a podcast? What's a pod? What kind of palooka are you? So, so yeah, you have to tell them it's, uh, it's the, uh, it's radio (laughs) that you can listen to whenever you want. Yeah. I said, you ever listen to something on the radio and wish you could pause it? And they're like, yeah. I said, there it's you go. here. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I find that a lot of the local stations now with the podcasts are, uh, they're actually putting out their content as podcasts later, but they're kind of doing it in a sort of fail way. I mean, they fail at it because it's, yeah, here's my one-hour podcast, which has 22 minutes of commercials. And I just, I just listen to that and I go, well, you're, you're not quite getting it right. I mean, NPR does it right and CBC as far as uh, putting it on relatively uh, commercial free, although NPR does, you know, throw on some, uh, bare aspirin commercials at the, at the beginning, but, uh, they're relatively, uh, during the, you know, the content of the show, uh, commercial free. And that's how a podcast should be enjoyed really. 
I'd rather pay 50 cents, 99 cents to have something with no commercials. Absolutely. Absolutely. On demand. Absolutely, my friend. And you know what? There's another book I really want to talk about. I don't think I'm going to have time, but uh, I'll talk about next week, uh, which is a flat screen by Adam Wilson. Uh, it was a really funny uh, slacker book. Uh, another one, uh, he writes like a poet and um, he really writes uh, the, the main hero. Who we'll talk about next week's uh, dialogue really well. Another one, I'm just looking at the top of Book Mountain here, folks. Uh, if you remember, I talked about, um, you know, uh, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter by Seth Graham Smith, which is uh, also coming to the movie soon. Um, he's tackled a, a, a couple of, you know, his, you know uh, classic uh, public domain books and thrown in vampires and flying saucers and, you know, sea serpents. So um, I'm looking at one that's coming out soon, um, coming out in March. Uh, it's right here. Talk about that one soon too. It's called Unholy Night. So apparently nothing is sacred for Seth Graham Smith, including the Bible. So it's the story of uh, the three kings, the nativity, uh, except, uh, yeah, he does. They're, they're not good guys. Let's put it that way. Uh, in his story, they're infamous thieves led by the dark murderous Balthazar. And I'm just looking at this. This could be uh, and some entertaining blasphemy. So uh, I'm going to read through that one. And uh, that looks like an interesting tale. And I thought, you know, maybe the Bible would be off limits. He's like, no, that's public domain. I'm adding thieves to it. And who knows? There might be a flying saucer in there somewhere. Yeah, somebody needs to rewrite the whole Bible and just, you know, I don't know. Make it into an action movie? <laughs> well, it, it, basically, it basically is, you know, that they are doing the, the, the story of Moses. Uh, I forgot who's doing it. Is it Brad Pitt? I don't know. Someone big is, is funding that one. And it, it, they are, they are actually doing that one as if, uh, the way it was written in the story. I mean, uh, Moses was, uh, he was kicking a lot of ass <laughs> in, in the, you know, the tales of the, of the, uh, the old Testament, New, uh, the old Testament. I think, and, uh, Mel Gibson's going to play Moses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He probably will. Who knows? <laughs> Uh, Sir Jimmy and uh, send my thanks to Mr. Nobot for joining us I will yes it was fun yeah it was a lot of fun as always we'll be back next week with Mr. Jim Phillips Mr. Greg Ott maybe a surprise guest columnist Uh, maybe Mr. Uh, Paul from the audiobibliophile.co will join us and we'll see you next week folks my name is Paul the Book Guy and I am Sir Jimmy Good night, everyone. See you next week. Same book time. Same book channel. Stay tuned, book readers and book listeners. Paul the Book Guy will be back next week. Same book time. Same book channel. Ah, Paul the Book Guy.